swimming, like there's, there's definitely a technical aspects that you could see like how people are feeling the water. Um, but I think, I think more in general, I've always been someone that I firmly believe everything's within my control. Like I, I can control like how hard I'm going to work. If I'm working really hard, I know that I'm going to be in a really good spot to, to be making teams like the Olympics. And so, so I just really think like there's a level of work ethic that I think everyone could hit that if you are really that committed, like committed to the highest degree, you can achieve some really, really cool things. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Proper Creative. They help me with our brand content and, of course, making our swag. They're the ones that ship it out to us. That's Proper Creative, and they work with any type of business, whether you're a big corporation or a small business or even running it out of your house. They will work with you, and they will help you and relieve a ton of liability and work from your shoulders. That's Proper Creative. You can follow them on Instagram, P-R-O-P-R, or you can go to their website at P-R-O-P-R. R-O-P-R-L-L-C.com. Let Proper Creative help you build your brand and sell direct to consumer, regardless of the size of your business. Proper Creative is definitely a good choice. Welcome to another week of Level Up. I am Matt Rogers, and as always, is the sidekick, the man, the golden half Jew, Eli Adelman. <laughs> Oh man, is here. That's, that's me. The producer. Yep. The co-EP. Yeah. The man who makes it. I give you a new title every single week. I, it's great. I love it. What is it this week? Uh, I think Golden Half Jew is new. Golden Half Jew. Yeah, that was good. I mean, dude, you run everything, man. You got Ten Bear Studios. You got Ten Bears Productions. You got Ten Bears like living in your house. <laughs> <laughs> like that's true. You do everything. <laughs> that's true. If people saw the work that Eli did behind the scenes, man, they would want to be your friend, too. I really appreciate all but, you do, man. But I wouldn't have time for it. You would not have time for it. <laughs> Unfortunately. Dude, today's guest. I always say this. I can't brag about. God's really blessed us with some unbelievable people that come on the yeah. show. And this is a golden boy in every sense of of the word ryan murphy is in the house today for those of you who don't know who ryan is you are gonna know him because he's gonna win more gold medals this year he's a three-time olympic gold medalist and a world record holder we have our first world record holder in the house on level up i'm telling you man only the best of the best come in here he's got a world record uh in the men's 100 meter backstroke at the 2016 summer olympics murphy uh, swept the backstroke events by winning gold medals in the 100 and the 200 meter backstroke. He also won a gold medal in the 4x100 medley relay where he broke the world record. And if that wasn't enough, he's an eight time NBA national champion. So I played college. I'm doing the math here. I'm like, how does someone become an eight time national champion? And here's how. Uh, he won the hundred meter and the hundred yard and the two hundred yard backstroke in 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017. We're going to get to his story, but he goes and cleans up some gold medals, yep. brings those home, and wins a couple more national championships because that's how he freaking rolls. Okay, we need to step our game up, right? Okay, because at 16 years old, 
I was driving down the street to get $5 all-you-can-eat pizza and spaghetti, <laughs> and this guy's winning gold medals and just ruling the world. And let me just say that shows on you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Eli. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the golden one himself. Ryan Murphy's in the house! Yeah, baby. What is up? I really appreciate you How having are you? me. I, I don't think I can match your energy level, but I'm really appreciating the energy you are bringing. I'm telling you, man, if we had my energy, your body, and your looks, we would rule the world. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that might be that might be the winning combo right there. I'm just going to say this right now for you ladies listening. If you're tuning in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, this might be a good time to journey on over to the YouTube channel and check out Ryan Murphy because uh, hashtag he's not ugly. Hashtag he's a three-time Olympic gold medalist. And um, yeah. What's it like to look in the mirror and have your body? I've never experienced that before. Like, <laughs> is it cool or? I mean, what's it like? Hey, I I put in so much work on on my body. I mean, just just because of the sport I'm doing, that like, it's 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 crazy because you you'll go you'll go you'll do you do the whole season. You're looking shredded at the end of the season. You right. take two weeks off. You eat anything you want, and then you can't look at yourself in the mirror. It's like. It's it, it fluctuates a lot the second we we get out of the water. So like so what is that like when you say it fluctuates a lot? Because I look at you like, dude, am I staring at an eight pack or a ten pack? Like real talk, what is that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't count. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that narcissistic that I'm just looking in the mirror, <laughs> counting hey, abs. I'll be narcissistic for you. That's probably why I have a keg and not an eight pack because I would probably just stare at myself all the time, being like, "You're welcome," and I would say that to myself. Um, so no, but honestly, when you say you okay, so you take two weeks off and you eat like that, like what do you notice in your body? Like, do you like have like man boobies like me, or like what's it like, dude? I mean, those two week breaks, I could probably throw on like ten pounds. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could pack on pounds quickly. So I want to ask you, like, what do you eat? Because I hear swimmers eat ridiculous amounts of food because you're burning so much calories. When you're training, by the way, so sorry, side note, can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out of your day right now to do this podcast because what you listeners and viewers don't know is that Ryan is literally in the middle of qualifying for the Olympic trials to go to Tokyo, Japan to represent our country for a second time. 2016, he was in Rio, which we're going to talk about. That's when he brought home those three gold medals. And then now he's in the trials to qualify to go to Tokyo for the Olympics. He's not qualified uh, yet at this point of filming the podcast. We might air it after he does qualify. But, dude, the fact that you would take time out of that schedule to come here, man, I got to tell you, it means the world. Thank you so much. Hey, you got it. You got it. I think it's, for me, it's always refreshing to to talk to new people. And, and you've you're a guy, you've got some really cool experiences. And anytime I talk to someone that has cool experiences, I always leave the conversation feeling pretty energized. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely feeding off that's your awesome. energy here. And, and that's going to push me through probably the rest of this week. <laughs> so what, it, what does your day look like? Like, tell me what you're training for. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? And what are you eating right now? Cause it's insane. Yeah. So we'll, on, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we go six to eight in the morning swimming, and then we'll come back, have breakfast, 
So my breakfast is, is loaded. I've got, I, I got a cast iron skillet this year. So I've, I've been cutting yeah. up potatoes, throw those in onions, peppers, mushrooms, some egg whites, uh, some spinach, smoked salmon, and then, and then eat it. And it's, it's huge. I mean, I, I, I swear <laughs> like those little egg white things, like yeah. I do three quarters of that in, in one omelet. So I think that's like seven egg whites or something. Um, and then we'll, we'll go back to practice at 1240. We lift weights 1240 until two. And then we swim like 205 until 320. Um, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, we just go eight to 11 in the morning and then we, we call it. So, uh, God, I have so many questions for you first, just like from a logistics standpoint, you started as at a young age when you're doing this at a young age, um, you need to have support from family and maybe some others, but now to where you're at right now, I mean, you are the best our country has to offer. Do you have support? Like, is there people that buy this food for you and give you this training or do you have to take care of all this yourself? Yeah. So, so I have to take care of it myself and I I'm lucky. I've got, I've got some great partners that I don't have to get a job on the side. So I, I could just right. focus on, on the swimming. So I'm, I'm super fortunate to, to have that sort of financial support from them. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really on me. Like I, I felt like once I got out of school, I probably learned more about nutrition and recovery than I learned throughout my entire, entire college career in, in the business school. Like I, I I've become a, definitely a student of the sport, just making sure that, that I'm primed and, and ready to go. Yeah. I watch a lot of your, I love your Instagram page, by the way, I, I watch a lot of your stuff on Instagram. For oh, I those love of it. You who, oh man. Who, cause you, cause you give so many good tips and you can, I mean, you do a really good job of making me feel like I'm a part of, of what you're doing. Uh, you and I met at the golden goggles awards in 2018 in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there I followed you ever since. Um, so for those of you who don't follow him it on Instagram, it's Ryan underscore F is in, is it Frank? Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Ho oh, ho. Ryan underscore F underscore Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y. So follow him on, on, on Instagram and you do a good job of walking us through it. So, but tell me what are one of the tips that you can give us about nutrition and recovery that you learned after college? Yeah. So I, I think with, with nutrition, I mean, honestly, the, the biggest thing that, that I learned is we really don't need to eat like that many, that much fat in a day. Like, I, I think like when, when I look at kind of like the Instagram influencers, like stuff they're putting out, it's like, mm -hmm. they've got, they've got avocado thrown on everything. And it's like, right. If, if I have a breakfast and I've got like five eggs, avocado, I'm using oil. That's already like over 50 grams of fat. And like in a day, I'm not really going to go over like 70 grams of fat. So if I'm knocking out that much with, with one meal, uh, I mean, I've got to be eating nothing but carbs and protein the rest of the day. So that, that's kind of the reason why I go egg whites for, for breakfast. Cause it, it just helps me mm -hmm. keep kind of the, that fat number down 
at, at the beginning of the day so I could spread it out a little bit more. That's that's one many, that's uh, one tip. I think honestly, it's just got it's just got to be simple enough that you could be consistent with it. Like consistency is key, and and you've got to have your days where where you let yourself like have whatever you want. But if you're consistent on the other days, that that day where you're where you're kind of having like a a Big Mac or something like that, it's not really going to impact you in a negative way. Do you eat Big Macs? No, that was just an example. I thought that was something that was nice and easy to. <laughs> that to was throw just an there. example for the commoners, Eli. <laughs> for the commoners. Hey, uh, how many calories do you burn a day right now when you're training? Ooh, I don't know how much I really burn, but I'll. I mean, I eat probably like close to five thousand calories a day, and I'm not gaining yeah. weight, so I must be burning yeah. around there. Holy smokes! So let's go back like to you as a, as a young boy, when, when did you know that you love the water, love swimming? You had a gift, by the way, one of my favorite things about you, man, is, uh, you've quoted that you believe that God gave you your athletic ability and you attribute so much stuff to your faith and your faith in God. I just think that's really cool, man. I admire that about you. And, um, how did you know, like, how old were you when you were like, I want to be an Olympic swimmer. Ooh. So when I, when I started swimming, I was, I was four, uh, I'm the baby in the family. So I was, I was always at the pool watching my older brother and sister swim. When I turned four, I was able to join the, the summer league team and I hated it. I came up with an excuse every single day. I actually did <laughs> suffer from, from migraine as, as a kid. So I, really? I embellished the migraine excuse to use it every day. Uh, and so I never, I never practiced that first year and we got to a week before the championship meet and the coaches were like, all right, Ryan, uh, it's down to you or Billy to be on this 100 yard freestyle relay. We're going to do a swim off right now. So if you want to be on the relay, do this race. So I got up off my mom's lap, walked to the side of the pool. I did the race. I won the swim off. And, and I feel like from, from then on, I was hooked. I, I, I love the, the competitive aspect and it's really just, it's head to head. Like it's me versus seven guys in a heat. And, and I just, I just never felt like I could get that level of intense competition anywhere else. For sure. Did you like, did you swim for fun when you were a kid or was like, did your parents kind of tell you, you are going to win a gold medal because my daughter's six. She loves gymnastics. She's got athletic ability. And I'm telling her, you know, obviously good stuff. I love you so much. You're the best. You're going to be the first gold medalist in our family. Did your parents speak that over you? Or was it just like, hey, leave Ryan alone, let him love it, and we'll see what happens? I mean, they, they threw me in every sport. So, I mean, over the, over the summers, it would be like, all right, we're going to do the summer league swimming. Uh, and then we're going to go to, to soccer, to flag football, to, to baseball. And then between that, we'd be playing basketball in a friend's yard. So we were, we were doing it all. It, it just kind of happened that, that I was better at swimming than I was at, at the other sports. Um, right. and I mean, they, like, they knew, they knew I was talented, but it was never like, you're going to be, you're going to be an Olympic right. gold medalist. Like they weren't they weren't hype beasting me, you know, like they were, they were always like, man, this is, this is cool. Like you're, you're breaking records. That's really fun. Like, 
let's let's enjoy that and and give that kind of its its due like it's due celebration. And then it's like, what's, what's mm-hmm. the next thing? And, and we kind of, we kind of always operated like that. So you grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. For those of you who are listening and not watching, he's repping his Jacksonville That's Jaguars right. uh, sweater right now. Uh, hashtag I'm in Nashville. I'm a Titans fan. That's, honestly, that's, him. that's part of the reason why I wore it. I, I thought, I thought <laughs> you'd maybe, I thought you'd maybe want to talk trash about the AFC oh. South. <laughs> Dude, I like you too much to talk trash to you, and I'm so happy that you're on here. But you grew so you grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. You went to high school in Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Speaking of Jacksonville, How you good? know, you know, Derrick Henry's a, a Jacksonville guy. I do know that. He, the best come from Jacksonville, Florida, man. That's right. Yeah, he was he was the same grade <laughs> as me in in high school. Did you swim against him? Uh, yeah, I don't think he swam. But I'll say I'll, he would say he came and played football against our, our high school football team. He ran for like 300 yards and they lined him up at quarterback. Like he didn't they didn't even like try to disguise that he was going to run the ball. They just lined him up at quarterback and he just ran it every time. Yeah, he's a freak. And then afterwards, like after he'd win, did you ever yell at him? And be like, yeah, I'll see you in the pool, chump. You can't see this. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> the guy was a lot bigger than me, so. <laughs> I got a question for you. Can you swim faster than he can run? I no, no way. I mean, that guy, that guy is an absolute specimen. He he can move. He can move real fast. But you're in better shape than he is. I I mean it depends. I probably can't squat 500 pounds like he can, but. He, I might, I'm, he can't, I would bet I'm more lean than, than he is. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, dude, that's awesome. So in high school, is that when you're like, dude, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to be a gold medalist here. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try out for the Olympics or were you still just kind of dabbling and swimming when you're in high school and just see where it would take you? Yeah. By the time I got to high school, I dropped all the other sports. So, so it, it started to get a little bit a little bit more intense. And I think the, the first year that I, that I really started to take it seriously was, was the 2011, 2012 year. So my junior year of high school, my coach was, was telling me, he was like, Ryan, I really want you to take this year seriously. I think you've got a shot to, to make the Olympic team this upcoming summer. Wow. And so how, why, what did he see? Like, you don't just say that. Like most coaches are being like, Hey guys, we can win league this year, but he's talking about Olympics to you. How does that happen? Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of gnarly to look back on it. Cause like the, the times I was going, like I was definitely good. Um, mm-hmm. but I would, I had to drop like three seconds in a hundred and probably four seconds in a 200 to be competing with those guys at the top. And, and, I mean, credit, credit to Sergio. Like he was very good at, at making us believe that, that we were really good. And, and he kind of took that and, and just used, used the Olympic trials to, to help build my confidence and, and help build the confidence of the group around me. And, and we went in, we went in and we performed super well at, as high scores at, at Olympic trials. That's a huge deal. And for those of you, you know, just to kind of paint an analogy of that for him to drop three or four seconds in those events that's like a baseball player saying hey i'm gonna have to hit about 25 more home runs this year 
or uh, a football player saying, hey, I'm going to I'm probably going to have to score 12 more touchdowns this year, like three or four seconds off of uh, a swim event. Like, dude, that's a big deal, right? It's a big jump. It's a big jump for sure. Um, and we and we didn't end up dropping that much, but but I did drop over two seconds in the in the hundred that year, and I think I dropped like three in the two hundred that year. So we, I mean, we we definitely got a lot better, um, and it is a it's a big jump to to drop that amount of time. So you're 16 years old. It's your junior year, and you win your first career international medal. Isn't that right? Uh. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess I went to, I went to I'm a the Pan Ams in, in 2011. <laughs> I've been watching you, right? Yeah. I'm a stalker. Yeah. That's, I know everything about that's you. That's good, man. Yeah. You, you knew that better than I did. <laughs> so at that, at that point, are you like, all right, dude, I'm one of the best in the world. I can do this. Or are you still lacking confidence? I would say I was still probably lacking confidence at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, it just it takes a lot to to get to the top, especially in the U.S. I mean, the U.S. is is so so good. Like, I think in I want to say in in twenty twelve, I think I was sixteenth in the world, but I was sixth in the U.S. in in the hundred back. Um, so, yeah, it was. I mean, it's just a stacked field in in the U.S. So, you, so you've really got to you've got to be pushing up to, to like top five in the world to, to be top two or three in the U S give me a couple of the names that you were chasing at that time that were either your idols or your adversaries that you wanted to beat catch up, or you wanted to, you know, be a part of that group. Who are some of the names? Yeah. So, so the guys that ultimately made the team in 2012 were, uh, were Matt Grievers and Nick Thoman in the hundred back. And then the 200 back, it was Ryan Lochte and Tyler Clary. So Lochte, I know, I mean, when you get older and you become a professional, you know, you, for the most part, you become professional, you become friends. When you're younger, dude, you want to beat the crap out of the people. Like, you know, you want to be the best. Have you and Lochte always been cool with each other? Do you keep a distance? Like, are you guys friends or not friends or what's that yeah, like? Yeah, I, I really enjoy Lochte. Uh, you know, he's a guy. I think Lochte is 12 years older than me. So like, you, wow. you know, there's, there's a, there's an age gap. So, I mean, we're not necessarily like interested in the same things, uh, to be frank. Sure. Um, but he's the man. Like I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy Lochte. And I think he's always been, he's always been super nice to me. He always took an interest in my swimming career. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that he did when I was young was in, 2010 he he gifted me a pair of his sneakers so he gives me these like customized like converse all-stars uh and he signed them for me and he was like all right dude like you you got to start wearing these and uh and i thought that was super cool like i was i was 15 years old and in 2010 uh when i actually wore them and and to wear shoes that that ryan lochte gave you is is just i mean that's that's a dream come true for for a little kid yeah, that's huge. And for those of you who may or may not know Ryan Lochte, I mean, socially, the guy, dude, he loves to party. He's been in, you know, he's gotten his name in there for for being a partier. But I could say this, man, I've done two events with Ryan Lochte. 
Um, and he is one of the nicest, most down-to-earth people. He's just a cool guy. Put it this way. All of us have been there. In college, you'd want to hang out with Lochte. He's a good-looking dude. He likes to party. He likes hanging out with girls. And, I mean, he's just a cool dude. But he's not mean. He doesn't snub people. I've watched him interact with normal people in hotel lobbies and stuff, and he's nice and he's cool. So that's good to hear. And at that time, you're 15. He's 25. And for him to do that to you, I mean, that's got to give you confidence, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a guy like that, uh, to, to, to take an interest and then to really follow up that interest with like something that, you know, he probably had like hundreds of pairs of shoes. It probably didn't like mean too much to him to, to get rid of a pair. But like, for me, that was, that was unreal. And like, I, I can remember that like pretty vividly, like when he handed me the shoes, um, and, and here awesome. I am. I mean, that was, that was 10 years ago at this point. So it's, uh, or over 10 years ago. So it's super cool, yep. super cool to, uh, to have created a, a friendship with that guy. So Ryan Murphy, 15 years old, meets one of his swim idols. You could say Ryan Lochte. Lochte's cool to you. Stay tuned listeners, because that story is going to come full circle with Ryan Murphy and Ryan Lochte in just a few seconds. And it's awesome. 2012, uh, your senior year, I'm guessing you go out and you miss the Olympic team. Is that right? Yeah. So that was in between my, my junior and senior year of high school. So I ended up getting, I ended up getting fourth in the 200 back and sixth in the hundred back, which was like, that was, that was huge. Like that was huge for me to, to have that sort of, that sort of drop. And, and I think that really, honestly, that meet gave me a ton of confidence that, that I could race with, with some of these big guys, uh, and, and put my name in the heat, uh, to, to try to compete, to be one of the top two guys in the U S. Absolutely. And I mean, cause some people would listen like, Oh, he missed the Olympic trials. That stinks. But look at, you got to appreciate every small victory along the way that you get, because it's always a stepping stone to get you the, to the next level. So for you, yeah, it stinks, you know, reading it, you know, you miss the Olympic team, but was that discouraging to you or was it encouraging to you because you knew you can hang with them or were you, you know, was it discouraging because you missed? No, it was, it was totally encouraging. Like I dropped a ton of time that, that year. Um, and so, I mean, that was, that was sweet to, to go in there and, and compete with those guys at, at a young age. And, um, you know, I think something that was really cool there is, is right after the hundred back, Matt Grievers wins. He almost breaks the world record. And probably within 30 minutes of finishing, he comes up to me and he was like, all right, kid, like you're going to be the next one. Make sure, uh, make sure you keep on working, working hard. And, and you could be that guy next Olympic trials. So like those guys were, were great. Like they were, they were always giving me these little tidbits of confidence that, uh, that I really relished. What tidbits of confidence can you give to other people? And it doesn't matter if they're swimmers or, you know, uh, trying to work their way up in their sales company or just, you know, maybe leaders of their church, whatever it is. Why did those guys see something different in you to where they would say that to you and not the other 10 guys there? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in swimming, like there's, there's definitely a technical aspects that you could see like how people are feeling the water. Um, but I think, I think more in general, I've always been someone that I firmly believe 
everything's within my control. Like I, I can control like how hard I'm going to work. And if I'm working really hard, I know that I'm going to be in a really good spot to, to be making teams like the Olympics. And so, so I just really think like there's a level of work ethic that I think everyone could hit that if you are really that committed, like committed to the highest degree, you can achieve some really, really cool things. Now that you're committed at the highest level, we're talking about you're in the middle right now as we speak. You're in the middle of qualifying for the Olympic swim team this year in Tokyo, summer 2021. What's your work ethic like? What is your, uh, how many hours a week are you dedicating to this? I mean, is it eat, sleep, dream, swimming? I mean, yeah, totally. Like, and, and right now, I mean, given the, given the pandemic is we're, I mean, we're sitting here recording this in, in March. So, so I'm in, I'm in California. So we're, we're still pretty, we're pretty shut down out here. Uh, like I, I can't really, I can't really do too much other than go out and, and swim and swim at a really high level, come back and, and recover at a really high level. Um, so, so that's what I'm really trying to do is go to practice every day with a purpose, with a mission, trying to, to focus on everything, like focus on, on the conditioning aspect, focus on the technique. Um, and then when I come back home, it's like, all right, how do I recover from that practice at a super high level, uh, to make sure that I could go back to the next one and, and swim really well again. So it's, it's, it's pretty much constant. Like I'm always, I'm always thinking about how I can be better. And, and a lot of times like I'm doing things, I'm actively doing things to make myself better. Like what? So, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is, is recovery uh, at this point, like making sure that, that I'm going to bed at a, at a reasonable time to get probably over nine hours of sleep, laying on a lacrosse ball at night, foam rolling, stretching, yoga. Um, you know, we're all into the Norma tech. So making sure the legs and arms are fully recovered from that. Um, going to, to a physical therapist to make sure that like my body is holding together. Okay. Uh, kind of as like a prehab to make sure that, that I don't get injured. So all of those things are, are going on, uh, on a weekly basis. Do you notice the difference of how you feel physically and mentally to when you are on that regimen versus when you're slacking off in the off season? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, like when I, when I'm dialed in, it's usually like my recovery. I try to just match it with the, with the training intensity. So as the, as the training intensity goes up, my recovery is going to go up. Um, and, and you really just kind of get into a rhythm of like, all right, we're, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you were, we're rolling yeah. every day and, and it's fun to just to see how far you can push yourself. And then in why not? Oh, go I was going to say like when, when we're kind of beginning of the season, I don't do any recovery at, at the beginning of the season. I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying, enjoying life. Uh, so I think that's always really nice as, as kind of like a mental reset um, just because it is, it is really intense for, for a couple months every year. For sure. I was going to ask you why nine hours of sleep? Is that the magic number? I, I mean, I think 10 is just a little bit hard to hit. That's a lot of time in bed. And 
and, and I, the way I think of it is it's like all these, all these sleep specialists are like, Oh, you need at least eight hours. And they say that for everyone. I'm like, all right, well, if I'm working out right. this much, I definitely need more than eight. So, so I try to hit nine. Cause I, I figure that if they're saying eight for everyone, I should probably get nine. Talk to me about your cell phone and social media. Do you time that? Are you diligent with that? Or are you sucked in like the rest of Americans and you're falling asleep scrolling through your phone? Or do you do something different to help yourself fall asleep? Oh, no, I'm bad about that. I, I do look at social media before I go to bed. I, uh, yeah, probably something I shouldn't do, but I at least, <laughs> I, I at least do that deal where you can, uh, you turn off the blue light. So I at least have that turned off at night. So I'm not like, I guess, keeping myself awake with the blue light. What's the blue light? So that's like your phone emits blue light, which is like supposed to be like the, it would be like the light equivalent of caffeine. Right. Yeah. So like blue light is like supposed to wake you up. Really? Did you know that, Eli? Yeah. My wife's all about not watching TV at night because of that. How do I turn off the blue light on my phone? I, think I have my phone on right now. I think it's like dark mode, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. Dark mode? Night Ryan? mode. Night mode. Night mode, yeah, yeah. Night mode? Where is that? General settings? Settings. Probably probably in there. <laughs> no, because people are going to want to know this. Okay, I know settings. that people are listening. They're we'll, like, what's that? We'll put a little tutorial. I always think if I'm curious, the, the, the viewer and the listener is curious. That's true. I've never heard of that. And then maybe half of the people are like, what an idiot. Why don't you know that? <laughs> um. All right, so you're getting nine hours of sleep right now. Let's go back to in the middle of the story. You fell a little short qualifying for the Olympic team. Now we're going into 2013, and you also missed the qualification for the World Aquatic Championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why did you miss that? Were you not ready, not prepared, not good enough yet? What happened? I think, yeah, I think I just wasn't good enough yet. And that one, that one stung. Because I I missed it by like two one hundredths of a second there, so I was I was really close to to making that that world championship team. So I was I was super bummed. Um, so that one that one definitely like if you're talking about one that really like lit a fire under my butt, missing missing that world champs in, in 2013 definitely fired me up to to be really good in in the years after that. I've learned this in sales and in business throughout my life. People aren't motivated by what they can gain. They're motivated by what they will lose. And for you to feel that loss, uh, that lit a fire under your butt. Like you said, what does that mean? How did it light a fire under your butt? So I think at that point I was, I was a senior in high school. I was going to, I was going to Cal the next year. So I, I think the for me it was just like all right like I I've got a new I've got a new training group I've got a new training environment moving all the way across the country to to go to college like I I, I got to take this seriously like I'm I'm making a big life move to to try to pursue this dream and and go to school so I, I definitely got to make the most of of that experience um, and, and so that was it, it really it really kind of, it kind of made that, that college move a little bit more serious for me. 
it wasn't like, oh, college is going to be sweet. I'm going to have so much fun. Uh, it was more like I'm, I'm going to college because I, I have this dream. Uh, and, and I feel like this is the best place to, to help me achieve that dream. And we had a, I had a great time in college. But, but going there, it definitely right. shifted my mindset. Did you choose Cal? Because I'm assuming you got a scholarship, right? Swim scholarship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, could you have went anywhere in the nation and you chose Cal Berkeley? Yeah, yeah. So I ended up doing five different recruiting trips for, for school. Is it, so when I went on my football recruiting trips, I mean, like, dude, it's, it's chicks, it's beers, it's food, it's parties. Is it the same with swimmers or is it different? I, I, they were fun. They were, they were very fun. Uh, are you, are you just being modest right now? Like you can't tell me too much. I don't know. I honestly don't know what I could tell you, but I mean, it, it's, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, it's swimmers. Like swimmers are so tame. So like we, uh, yeah, for like each one, like you're, I mean, you, you get brought, you could go to a party if you want to go to a party. Like it's just, it's just like kind of the first time in your life that you're, you really get a glimpse of like what I guess like real, freedom sure. looks like uh just because in, in high school like you're you're living with your parents and like you've got to i mean you got to run everything by them so uh yeah the the recruiting trips were fun just to like <laughs> see see what college you took is about. five trips why'd you choose cal uh so so ultimately like like i, I didn't end up wanting to go to to university of florida just because it was it was an hour and a half away from my house like I, I knew every single person on the team. So it's like, when you know, every, everyone on the team, you hear, you, you know, all the good and you know, all the bad. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of felt like I just almost knew too much about the program, uh, to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn was, was a good choice. Um, ultimately I just, I liked, I mean, I, I liked Texas, Stanford and Cal better than, than Auburn. Um, and, and Cal, I think Cal ended up winning just cause it was, it's an incredible academic school. So, uh, so I really wanted right. to go to a place that swimming helps me get into. Um, and so Cal definitely checked the box there. I wanted to be around, I wanted to be around guys that I, that I felt like the recruiting trip was like totally normal and like how they actually right. act. And the Cal guys are like, so chill. Like, Honestly, my, my test was, are there like weirdos on the team and are those weirdos accepted? And like Cal had a bunch of weirdos and like everyone was like, oh yeah, like you, you do you, you know, like act how you want to act. Uh, and and what are you, are you a weirdo or no? I think we're all kind of weirdos, you know, but I, I think, <laughs> I think you just, you go in there and like, I think that when there's, when there's not really like a, when there's not really like a cool group on the team, when everyone just like hangs out because they're like just chill guys. I think that's sweet. Tell me something about you that you think people would think that you're weird. So, so I, I was talking to someone about this, this weekend and they're like, what the hell? That's like super weird. <laughs> I, what is it? I did not drink water until I was 18 years old. What does that mean? I could not drink water. Like I, I only drank like Gatorade or like vitamin water or like some sort of flavored water. I could not drink water. I, I would like gag every time I had it until I went Dude, to college. Crazy. That's not weird. That's fascinating. 
Like, I thought you would die without water, but like you're the opposite. An 18, because we're going to get to that. You want a gold medal. No, okay, I'm sorry. Wait, maybe I am getting my dates right. No, in 18, like you're at 18 years old, you're on your way to winning gold medals and stuff, and you've never drank water? Never. Never. I, like, my mom would try to make me do it. And I'm like, Mom, I can't do it. Like, there's no taste. It makes me gag. Like, I can literally couldn't do it until college. Okay, so what happened? How do you finally drink? Okay, line up the keg of water. So Ryan's gonna do a keg stand of water. So what I see if he can. So I, in the dining hall, you you have like those uh those soda machines. So I'd I'd get yeah. like, I'd take my my bottle, and at first I would just go like half Gatorade, half water. And then I gradually went to like a quarter Gatorade, three quarters water. And then eventually it was all water with just like a splash of Gatorade. And then I could do all water. The fascinating thing is the guy is the best swimmer in the world and he couldn't drink water. It's just such a yeah, it, it, dichotomy. It, it kind of gnarly. <laughs> it's crazy. Maybe that's what makes him so good. He's trying to swim out of it, you know? <laughs> oh, look at Eli. Get out of here. Did you hear that? That's right. I mean, you might be right. Because a lot of people swallow <laughs> the water. And I I would throw up if I swallowed the water. So it kept it. Dude. Kept me just swimming through it. That's funny. So now do you drink water on the regular? Yeah, I got my, I got my water bottle right here. I always have water now. <laughs> It's weird. It's so Your weird. Your mom's like, I'm so proud of you. You finally are drinking water. I know. I'm, I'm so, only on my seventh year of drinking water. Think about it like that. <laughs> how about this? How about in college, you drank more beer than you did water and you were a swimmer? Maybe maybe I did freshman year, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is very, very fascinating. All right, so... Who would you say was your best friend at, at Cal? Who was who was your guy? Who was your roll dog? Oh God! I mean, all the guys in my grade were were sweet. So we we were we had eight guys in in my grade that were that were swimmers, and uh, we all lived on the same floor freshman year. Five of us ended up moving in together sophomore year, and we lived we lived in that house all the way through. And now I mean, party house. I was going to say party house or focused workhouse on swimming. We were we were a focused workhouse through Saturday practice, and then we we were pretty fun. I felt like until like Sunday night, and then we're like, all right, we got to get dialed in for the week again. Um, so yeah, I mean, Saturdays our house got dirty, but the rest of the week we were we were actually pretty clean. Like I thought we kept our house very clean. We are we were all good students, got good grades. So I, I think right. we we did a nice job at that house. Yeah, he's a good person, Eli. I want, I want you know, you want, I want you to do good things. You're a good man. Um, so let me ask you this. So I, I said it in the beginning when I introduced you. You would end up going on to be an eight-time national champion. Are you thinking of that when you're a freshman, or are you hoping you just get one? No, I wasn't thinking of that. I think, uh, I mean, I definitely wanted to win because I'm like, I'm like insanely competitive. Uh, so I really wanted to win, uh, both the hundred and 200 back. And I thought I could, and then just kind of progressed from there. Like, you know, like I think freshman year, there was a lot of really good competition. Sophomore year, there was good competition. Junior year, I was, 
I had, I had some good distance between me and the rest of the guys. And then senior year, uh, I mean, the field got, got a lot faster again. So really, yeah, yeah. Like the difference between 2016 and 2017 in the hundred back, the guy that got second in 2016 or yeah, in 2016, the guy went like 45, three, the next year, the guys mm-hmm. went like 44. Oh, I think he was like the third fastest hey. performer all time. And then the same thing in the tuner back, like in 2016, the second place guy was like 138. And in 2017, I think the second place was 136. And again, it was like third fastest performer all time. So the competition got, got really, really good uh, my senior year. So how about this? In 2014, you won the 100 and 200 backstroke and your first national championship or national championship. This is your freshman year. And you broke Tyler Clary's NCAA record, which was what? It was a, it was a 137.3, I think. Or he, I can't remember where he went. He went 137 something. But the NCAA record was the fastest a, a guy had ever gone in college. And you did it. You broke it. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know? Now, now take me in that moment. When you're in the race, you, is it like anything else where you know, oh man, like, are you thinking in your head, like, dude, I'm doing something right here? Or are you just so focused on your next move, next breath that you're not even thinking about that? Uh, I remember that race. I mean, I just went into that and I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go out really hard here and let's see what happens. Cause I, I kind of thought that if I went out fast, other people would go out fast. And I thought that I had better endurance. So I thought they'd, I thought they'd eat it the last 50. Uh, so that was my goal. I was like, all right, like I'm going to go out fast. I'm going to be in the lead. And, uh, and it really hurt the last 50. Uh, but I was like, I really want to win this one. I didn't think about the time. Uh, cause we were in a, we were in a super close team battle to win the national championship. So I was like, I got to win this, try to get some points for my team. Um, and so that was, that was really the thought process at the end there. When you came up out of the water and saw your time, how take me through that moment. Like, when do you know it's a world record right away or do they calculate stuff? How does that work? Uh, you, I mean, you know, right away. Yeah. Cause like they'll usually have like this, like they call it like time standards on the board. So at, at, yep. at NCAAs, they'll have up American record NCAA record. And then you look at my time and it was faster than the NCAA. So I knew, I knew right away. And then what are you thinking? Like, Holy crap. I just got a freaking world record or an, an NCAA record. Yeah. So I, I mean, honestly that meet like, there you look over at your team section and those guys, I mean, freshman year, the, the, that we had a really fun team <laughs> freshman year and those guys were going <laughs> nuts in, in our team section. So I was just like fired up that, that they were fired up. That's awesome. And then, all right. So now you're a freshman, you win the national championship twice, hundred and two hundred yard. You're going into your sophomore year. Like, is that when life starts changing? Like it's 2015. It's the year before, you know, we're going to, you know, try for the Olympics again that we missed last time. Like, are you going into this thing? Like, are you on top of the world now? Are people starting to recognize you? Does Sports Illustrated reach out yet? Do you have agents? Like what happens? 
so sophomore year, I mean, not, not a ton. Yeah. I mean, I think that year I was just like, all right, like, well, let's, let's push this thing, you know, like, and, and I was really, I was really just trying to, to get better, um, from, from the freshman year. Like I felt like freshman year, I was kind of learning the program, learning the coaches sophomore year. I was like, all right, I'm comfortable with this. Like, let's like, I'm going to give a little bit more input and, uh, you know, like, let's see, let's see how far we could push this. And obviously no agents. Like I, I didn't get an agent until after I was done with, uh, with college swimming just because, uh, yeah. NCAA rules. So here's where the Ryan Lochte story comes a little bit full circle right here. It's 2015, your sophomore year, and you break both of Ryan Lochte's records. You sweep both backstroke events, and you're named the CSCAA Swimmer of the Meet. What's that like? That's cool. I mean, that, that's, that, was, that was really cool because um, they, they give that award to who they think was the best college swimmer essentially and so for and it's it's voted on by by coaches so i mean that was cool to me to to get to get recognized by essentially the the coaches around the country as as someone they thought was was the best in in ncaa so that that meant a lot to me did you know at that point like all right i might change the game of swimming right now like i just broke Ryan Lochte's both of his world records. I just broke them. Like you're the future. You're you're next. And you know what he was doing at 25, you're essentially doing at 19 and 20. Like that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean that that year definitely gave me a lot of confidence. I was like, yeah, I think I I think I could do some some pretty good things here. Um and it really honestly just like fired me up to to get back into training. Like it, it was, it was really cool. Like throughout my, I mean, really throughout my entire career, whenever I've done something like really good, it's honestly just fired me up to, to get back in the pool and, and see if I could do better. Um, so that was really kind of the mindset my, my whole sophomore year. And then here we are, we're going into 2016 Olympic trials again for Rio. Uh, what was the different, like, is there anything you had to cut out of your life over the last four years that we've been, we've been talking in this story to help you to qualify in 2016 where you missed it in 2012? What changed? I mean, everything, everything changed. Like I went from a, a high school kid where my, my mom was making me every meal uh, to, to being in college where I, where I just had a lot more freedom. Like I, I got to decide what I, what I ate when I ate. Um, and, and really what I was going to do with my day. So, so in my junior year of college, like I was, I was really just in the mindset, like I'm going to do everything right that I possibly can. And like, I'm going to give myself the best opportunity that I can to, to try to make this Olympic team. So that's what I did. Like I, I learned a lot about nutrition that year started to, to take like sleep and recovery a lot more seriously. And, and in the water, I mean, I was dialed in every day, just making sure that, that I was working super hard, like focusing on technique, just making sure that every day I was, I was making the most of it. And then, so tell me right now, cause it's cool. That happened in 2016, <laughs> but that moment is happening to you right now, presently in 2021, where you're about to, uh, you're working to qualify for the Olympic team. Um, 
walk me through that, your journey to Rio and what happened in Rio. Yeah. So, I mean, really in, in 2016, it just, I mean, God, those, those couple months went just went by so fast. Like we went through NCAAs and, and that went super well coming off that we had a meet like right after NCAAs and that went super well. And so I was just felt like I was just kind of rolling, you know, like I was, I was really just riding momentum the entire, you know, really those like six months before the Olympics. Um, and it just like, I, I would go into practice. I felt like I never really was getting tired. I was just so fired up. Like I felt like I was in a really good spot and, uh, and then I really just rode that confidence all the way through to trials and, and then onto the Olympics. It's crazy what, what passion will do to your attitude and what your attitude will do to your belief system. And then you go into the Olympics, you go into Rio, and uh, <laughs> you bring home a gold medal in the 100 backstroke. You bring home a gold medal in the 200 backstroke. And uh, once again, you were swimmer, uh, you were swimmer of the meet again. This is, I'm sorry, this is the NCAA swim championships. Uh, you won the 100 meter, the 200, uh, and you were swimmer of the meet again, back to back years, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I split the award that junior year. They they gave it to they gave it to me, Joseph Schooling, and Caleb Dressel. And those were all guys that I swam with in high school. So me and Joseph both went to bowls. Caleb <laughs> swam at bowls. So three guys that came out of the same high school program were essentially three the three top swimmers in in the NCAA. So that was sweet. So I mean, awesome. that's cool that that guys that I mean, God, I knew Joseph since I was 13 and I've known Caleb since I was five. So, so to see those guys, uh, be able to, to do it too, was, was super cool. Where did those guys go to college? Joseph and Caleb. Caleb went to Florida. Joseph went to Texas. Oh, both schools you almost went to. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, that's rad. So then you go to the Olympic trials in Nebraska uh, and congratulations, bro. You made your first Olympic team. What's that like for your family? Like they're so invested in you. You're the baby of five. I'm sure you're your parents pride and joy. And now they got a son that's on the Olympic team. What's that day like? Yeah, it was sweet. And my, I didn't, I didn't get to see my parents, uh, after the hundred back. Um, my, my brother said that, that my dad opened up a tab at the bar. So he was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was treating everyone to drinks that night. <laughs> For sure. That's my boy, baby. I do the same That's thing. That's right. So he he threw down on a on a pretty big bar tab. Um but yeah, I mean it's sweet. Like you can't like I, I would never be able to to get here on my own. And and I'm lucky, like my family's incredible. They were incredibly supportive. I mean, they've been incredibly supportive the the whole way through. Um everyone like my my mom dad brother and sister so it's uh i mean it's just really cool that that they're able to to kind of share in the moment and, and be there and experience it uh so it's just a really really cool experience this is cool too and correct me if i'm wrong um i'm a firm believer in in your gift making room for you and bringing you in front of greater opportunities and also using where you're at right now and and not discarding where you are right now because it could lead to the next thing. And to tie that in, we've been talking about your 100-yard and your 200-yard backstroke. But because you did so well in the Olympic trial, 
some people saw you and said, hey, we want him on our Olympic 4x100 medley relay. Isn't that right? Yeah. So if, if you make the, the 100 back individually for the U.S., you're going to be on the you're going to be on the medley relay. And so that that 100 back final at the Olympics, um, like if you're the top American coming out of that heat, you're going to be on the, the finals medley relay for for the u.s and that's a big deal at that time who were your other three teammates on that on that relay uh, yeah so it was uh it was cody miller on the breaststroke michael phelps on fly and nathan adrian on free so a stack cool was that pretty stacked relay and that was i mean that was oh dude i remember watching that and then just like you know because you know you're american your team's up there it's like oh well we got this one in the bag. We got Murphy and Phelps and it like, and you guys just smash. It was, it was, it was so awesome, man. And that you took home three gold medals in Rio mm-hmm. 2016, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So before we put a bow on this and wrap this up, huh, what's it like for you now? Because I almost feel like you're in your prime right now. You've been there to where you've tried out for the Olympic team and you missed, and you've been to the peak where you tried out for the Olympic team and you cleaned up three gold medals. You're on a relay team with Phelps where you just, you locked it up. You broke world records. I mean, and now here you are almost hitting the reset button to do it all over again. What's your mindset right now at this point? Cause you've been in the Valley and you've been at the Hilltop. Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm really fired up. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be different. It's obviously different than it was, uh, five years ago. Um, just cause I was, I was so young and the, and the improvement curve was, was so steep at that, at that age as it is for everyone. Uh, where now I, I'm, I'm, I'm so established and like, I, I, I really understand how to, how to move throughout a season. So I, so I've been, I've been pretty fired up. Like, I think I've, I've approached the season really good so far and I'm in a really nice spot now where we can kind of take this, this incredible fitness that, that we've built up and, and really hone it into specific events. So I'm, I'm really, really jacked up for, for these next couple of months. So let me ask you this. I mean, we, we've all heard this, you know, in business and in other things like, what's your why? Why are you going to do it? And I've even had mentors tell me, if, if you don't know the why, then the how-to doesn't matter. For you, you got three gold medals. You've been there. What's your why now? What, do you, what are you chasing now? How, what's driving you to get you to where you want to be? And where do you want to be? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly the, the biggest thing is like, I, I firmly believe that I could do it. You know, like I firmly believe that, that I can go to, to another Olympics and, and win more golds. And so like, for me, like I, I would always look at myself, I just think long-term I'd look at myself and regret it. If I didn't, if I didn't try to fulfill that, that belief, um, in long-term, I mean, really, I, I love the sport of swimming and, and I love sports in general. And so I think long-term, like I, I really hope that that my personal athletic career gives me a platform to to try to expand this sport and expand youth sports in general. Like I like I, I see kind of what what the what the pandemic has done to youth sports, and it, it stinks. You know, like we 
I think we, we need to keep kids in sports and, and really like really promote that. So, so that's something that I'm super passionate about. And then I'm hoping that, that my athletic career gives me a platform to, to be able to continue to do that. So kind of like uh Lochte gave you his sneakers and signed them. And those other guys, when you missed it in 2012 said, Hey, you're the future and kind of patted you on the back. Who are you doing that to now? Like who's the next, in your opinion, who's the next Ryan Murphy? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of really, really talented young guys. I think the one, like the one guy that, that I think has, has really wanted, wanted my advice and, and has been super awesome to me is a guy named Carson Foster. He's a, he's a freshman at Texas. And so that's a guy, he's really good. He's got a good shot at making the team this summer and just a really quality guy. Like he's a, he grew up in the Midwest. Like my, my whole family was, was born in Chicago. So I feel like I've kind of got that, that Midwest grind mentality and, and that kid definitely has it. So I'm, I'm fired up for, for that kid to, to keep on pushing his potential and, and see what he can do. Carson Foster, I'm looking at him right now on the gram. So that's kind of uh, your protege, if you will. You're encouraging him. He calls you for tips. Yeah, yeah. We text every once in a while. And he's he's just a good dude, like just super nice kid. Um, he's in a good spot. Like I think he's I think he's gonna be great. That's awesome. So are you confident? Like this year is the competition tougher for you to make the Olympic team? And I I don't know, I know you don't want to like discount like, no, I got this in the bag because anything can happen, but confidence wise, how are you feeling going into this year? Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling great about myself. Like I, I know I'm in a really good spot to, to, to try to reach my potential, uh, whatever that potential is this year. I think, I think that potential is pretty high. I, I mean, it's hard to say where, where other people are at. So, I mean, I think that the competition is always going to be really good. Like we're, we're the U S we're, we're really, we're really talented and we're really deep. Um, so, so the competition is going to be great. So, you know, fingers crossed, fingers crossed that my, that my best this year is, is good enough to make it. Um, that's certainly what I'm, what I'm training for. And that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Absolutely. Let me end with this, man. How, how important is your, is your faith in God in your life and to your athleticism? I think it's huge. You know, I, I think for me, like it, my faith, my faith allows me to, to honestly, like, and this might sound weird to, to kind of take life less seriously. Like I, I know that there's, there's a larger purpose here. Um, that that's beyond me, beyond, beyond my sport, beyond my interests. And, and I think that's, that's really comforting. So I, I think faith is, is really important and it's it's been a great bonding it's been something that's bonded my family together a lot too so i'm, I'm very thankful for my faith um and yeah i think it i think it just helps me it just helps me live live my life to the fullest uh, on a day-to-day basis that's awesome man well i can tell you that i'm going to be praying for you this uh this summer for you to make it and uh when you do, can we kick it? And can I like have one of your gold medals for like a day and just kind of chill with around my neck and just talk to people like, Hey, what's up? This is my gold medal. Huh? Hell yeah. We, we get, we get hit up a, uh, a Jaguars Titans game. 
Oh, I love this. Okay, dude, real talk. Because I'm a um, I'm a Titan season ticket holder. Have you ever been in Nashville and gone to a Titan game? I've never gone to a I've never gone to a game. I've been to Nashville though. Okay, let's do this. Either way, because we're gonna keep in touch. This is gonna air. So after you go and conquer the world, when are you back? Like August? Yeah, yeah, should be yeah, beginning of August. All right. So the Titans uh, Jags hasn't come out yet, but whenever we play here. I want to bring you to Tennessee. I'll set you up. We'll go to the Titans game together. And uh, whatever happens, happens. If will you come, I'll treat you first class. And uh, we'll go to that game together. We'll hang out in the uh, in the club at Titans Stadium. And will you bring a gold medal and let me take a selfie with it and post it on my Instagram? That's right. And then, and then Trevor Lawrence is going to lead the Jaguars to a win. <laughs> By the way, when we're filming this, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been drafted yet by the Jaguars, but it's pretty much a done deal that he's going to. That would be uh, that would be pretty cool. And by the way, looking at you, you kind of look like our quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Murphy kind of looks like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, he got to do like one of those. I think that's a compliment. I think, things, I think people people think that guy's pretty attractive, right? Dude, I mean. Look at yourself, bro. Like you just walk around. I mean, but ladies, <laughs> relax. I see you kissing a girl on Instagram. Uh, you're in a relationship. What did you meet? Is this your college sweetheart? Did you meet her recently? Did you meet her that night at Golden Goggles? What's going on? Yeah, yeah we we met in college. She was uh she was on the rowing team at Cal. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So she's 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 a beast. She's got I mean, man, for as much as we worked out, the the rowing crew team, whatever you call it, they worked out more than we did. They were they were nuts. Is she in Cali with you right now? She's at the moment. She's in Hawaii visiting uh, visiting her sister out there. She's a triplet, so one of her triplet oh, sisters cool. is in is in Hawaii. Do they ever play jokes on you? Uh, like, oh no, it's really me. Oh, oh no, no they're not me. identical. Thank God. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so dude, you and I have been rivals our whole life. We didn't know it because, uh, you know, you're Jaguars, I'm Titans, you're Cal bears. I want a Rose bowl with the Washington Huskies. So I'm oh, a Husky. No bro. way. Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we man. are. Yeah. We're definitely just picking, picking opposite lifestyles there, <laughs> but dude. All right. So is it a deal? We're going to hang out in Nashville. You're going to bring a gold medal and we'll chill and I'll buy you a really nice dinner. We'll bring you out here and I'll set you up in a hotel. Sign me up, dude. Friends. Sign me up. I'll, I'll be right. there. Bring, bring your girl. I'll bring my wife and we'll be best friends. There we go. I love it. You are the man. Anything you would like people to know out there before you head into this thing and bring us home some more gold in Tokyo. Man. I mean, I, I could use all the support I can get. So, uh, yeah, I hope, hope you guys are, are rooting for me, rooting for Team USA. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, hopefully, hopefully one, I make the team, and hopefully we do really, really good out there. Absolutely. I know you will. I always ask for our, um, for our guests to leave, like, maybe one quote, one tip, one note of inspiration to level people up. What would you say to kind of close this out? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, I just think – Honestly, I, I just think every day is a every day is a series of decisions. 
You just got to make the, you just got to make the right little decisions every day. And, and that adds up to, to being great at, at whatever you're doing. So, so that's really, that's how I try to view my life. Um, and hopefully that helps you guys out a little bit. It does. It's your decisions, not your conditions that determine your destiny. My friends, we're all under the same conditions, but our decisions, what make us different. Speaking of decisions, I would ask everyone listening or watching to please like subscribe, share, and rate this episode and all of our episodes based off looks alone. Ryan Murphy, he gets five stars, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, seriously. <laughs> dude, you are the man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing it with us. Ryan Murphy, three-time gold medalist, about to make it another six. What's the most you can win on this next trip to Tokyo? Is it always three, or can you win more? Uh, I think... I think I can maybe do four. We'll see though. <laughs> Let's go. Ryan Murphy, ladies and gentlemen, I love you, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you, everybody out there, for listening to another week of Level Up. I hope this inspired you, and I hope this caused you to level up. <laughs>